What's up, guys? Thank you so much for joining us on another episode of the Young Codgers Podcast. Zach and I have a great episode for you today, and it's something that undoubtedly all of us struggle with at one point or another, and that is ego. Ego can rear its ugly head in just about every aspect of our lives, and today Zach and I talk about problems that can arise from an ego that goes unchecked, such as problems in your career, your hobbies, the men in your circle of trust, and more importantly, your marriage. We also talk about ways to combat your ego and check it at the door, as well as how to deal with others who may be struggling with an inflated ego. Guys, I know this is something that we all struggle with, like I said, so I think you're really going to like this episode and hopefully learn something as well. All right, y'all, let's get into it. All right, man, what's up? Let's uh, getting back in the swing of things here, getting another episode out. It's been a kind of a hectic week or so, so we've been been busy, but glad to be able to sit down with you here and nail out another episode, so... Yeah, I'm glad to be back in the studio, so to speak. Yeah, man. Uh, Putting that fire in the studio. Yeah. Yeah, I know uh, your wife had her first day back at school today with all the the lovely little chillins. Was, did, yeah. did she give any, any feedback on that? Well, they did like an open house thing this evening, so... Uh, oh, gotcha. She's got... She's got some challenges coming, but nothing yeah. she hasn't dealt with before. Yeah. Uh, but she's excited for it. So good. Good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. yeah so we'll, uh, we'll get these housekeeping items out of the way here for you guys. Um, we don't want to bug you guys about this too much, but we also think it's uh, important to mention. Um, so obviously, uh, our Instagram is at Young Codgers Podcast, all lowercase, no spaces. Um, that's a good place for you guys to stay up to date with what we have going on and be notified outside of wherever you get your podcast that we're getting ready to upload a new episode so that you guys can be the first to hear it. Uh, it's also a good place for us to be able to share with you guys sort of our passions and convictions behind the scenes uh, outside of just these you know, kind of hour conversations that we have. And that's something that we're kind of trying to grow our presence there so that we can reach more people because that's, you know, ultimately the goal of this is, is to reach people and and get the word out there about these things that we talk about. So, um, of course, our Q&A, uh, you guys can email your questions to askcodgers at youngcodgers.com and then anything outside of that is info at youngcodgers.com. Um, like I said, we're trying to be more diligent about the Instagram and social media posting. Uh, currently right now we're just on Instagram just because that's where, um, we both Zach and I have the most following and the most influence. So, um, that's kind of where we're, where we're living right now, as far as social media. Uh, if we feel the need to go over to Facebook or something like that, we'll, we'll for sure make that pivot. I think, um, hopefully as this grows, maybe have the opportunity to create sort of a, a Facebook, uh, page for everyone to kind of chat and throw stuff out there and make suggestions and talk about your guys's hobbies and convictions and passions and stuff like that so that we can, you know, ultimately what we're out here for is to push each other and get better. So hopefully, that following will grow and we will um, have some sort of opportunity to do that. So with that out of the way, 
like y'all heard in the intro, uh, today we're going to be talking about Ego. Uh, not the electric uh, lawnmowers, but the uh, the attitude, for lack of better words. So <laughs> That would have been a really good uh, product promotion for this episode, but... yeah. We're yeah, not, I know. We're not quite I'm, there yet. So, hey, I'm always, you know, sponsor us and our and our uh, 40 listeners. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll but yeah, get there man. Eventually. Yeah, we will. We will for sure. Let's uh, let's jump into this. Um, so, for those of you, just to kind of put a uh, definition on this and and kind of give you guys a scope of what we're talking about here, I'm sure most of you guys are obviously familiar with the term ego and um honestly a lot of times if not most of the time this is used in a in a negative context and and so um the dictionary defines ego as quote a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance um i thought this was kind of interesting as we were kind of digging into this uh in preparations for this episode um the psychoanalysis of the word ego is the part of the mind that mediates between the conscious and unconscious and is responsible for reality testing and a sense of personal identity. So I think for me, what stuck out in that was that term personal identity. And I think one of the biggest things with ego is, you know, that it's so easy to, um, you know, get wrapped up in what our, what we think our personal identity is or what we think our personal identity should be. Um, I don't want to give the entire podcast away in one sentence. So we'll, we'll hit on that. Um, but Zach kind of go into kind of what we see in our current, uh, social climate and the way that, you know, we interact, um, with, other people in our world, especially as men, as far as, you know, what ego kind of looks like. I mean, I know we all see it um, and we all comment about it, but kind of, kind of dive into that a little bit and, and let's kind of break that down of, you know, how does that kind of show up or rear its ugly head and in the way that we uh, interact with others? Yeah. So we see that in a lot of aspects of life, specifically uh, right now and kind of like the job climate. Um, yeah, absolutely. A lot of a lot of men, specifically, and women too, but you mostly see it in men because they're more outspoken about it. But right. they, uh, their sense of identity and worth is really tied up in what they do and what their job position or title says they are, instead right. of who God says they are. Mm-hmm. Um, in that definition, it reminded me of uh, John Eldridge talking about the false self in Wild yeah, at Heart. Yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Just kind of the uh, mediation between conscious and unconscious and mm-hmm. uh, the sense of personal identity, the false self tries to take over and that can rear its head as an inflated ego at some point sometimes but um yeah i mean we see that not only in the job sphere but um you know i'm sure you see it at the gym with oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> per- personal records and uh, everyone yeah. trying to be better than the other person but 
And there's nothing wrong with like fun competitiveness. That's sure. important to encourage and push each other on, but it can get out of control real fast. Um, another place that I've seen it is uh just a funny example would be if you've ever seen the you betcha youtube channel miles is always <laughs> acting like uh the dad trying to yeah. one up all of his neighbors in his yard uh yard care game uh-huh. so that's just like a funny example that i've seen recently um but a not so funny but it is funny whenever somebody posted on facebook uh <laughs> you know at a little league game five minutes into the game, everybody's complaining and screaming and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, little Johnny got struck out in the first, first few throws and, uh, you know, Karen and Ken just can't be consoled by the umpire. And, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's uh, a mess. Uh, because I've seen it so many Karen times. And, That's such a perfect mm-hmm, example. <laughs> mm-hmm. Karen and Ken don't understand how to get their ego back in check. Um, but you know that's funny to joke about but at the end of the day it stems from a deeper issue um, yeah and i think of, that of the ego yeah i mean that brings up a good point too especially in like that scenario that you gave about you know the little league stuff like we all see it i mean especially with the rise in the last decade of and i'm by no means uh hating on this like i think it's fantastic um and I've seen a lot of people be successful doing this and, and have really good either collegiate and or professional um, opportunities because of this. But like uh, the travel ball teams where, I mean, let's face it, you're investing a crap ton of money to for mm-hmm. your kid to play ball. Of course, you're going to want your kid to succeed and be the best there is. But excuse me, that also stems from um, this whole idea. And I was listening to a podcast today that, that they were talking about this, um, of the whole like trophy generation of, you know, when you've told your children from the day that they were, you know, able to comprehend it, that you're the best thing that's ever walked this earth. And, you know, everyone owes you this or owes you that and you get a trophy because you showed up like i think that's really played into you know when your ego stroked as a kid you grow up to be an adult that thinks that i'm the best there is and that everyone owes me something and they need to just step out of my way so i think that's a really Mm -hmm. i think that's actually like you said it's you know it's funny to joke about but it's also a uh i think a lot deeper um systematic problem for sure um i guess from my standpoint kind of defining ego and kind of you know what i've seen in my life that that kind of looks like is i think especially as men the reason that we have so many problems with ego is that we live in a world that places so much value on um, the things that you have, the stage of life that you're in, kind of like what you touched on, um, the job title you hold, what company you work for, you know, where we live around here, it's the big three, you know, or mm-hmm. one of their suppliers. Um, yeah. and so like that drives most of the, uh, even outside of work, most of the interaction of, you know, uh, growing up, I lived in a neighborhood where, 
you know, neighbor on the left worked for Walmart, neighbor on the right worked for, you know, a supplier for Walmart, neighbor down the street worked for, you know, and I'm trying not to name company names here, but you know, one of them worked for the soda company. One of them worked for the candy company. One of them worked for the outdoor, you know, apparel company sporting, you know, you name it. Like you live, you know, even as much as these people say that, Oh, I don't want to talk about work outside of work. Just when you live in a bubble, like we do, it's so easy to be so consumed by, Oh, well, I'm a, senior manager or, Oh, I'm a director or, Oh, I'm a this, or I'm a that. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, the guy that I go to the gym with and lift with every morning is, you know, and just an example here, like, Oh, he's a, a director and I'm a, you know, whatever, or I'm a director and, you know, he's a senior manager. So, you know, I'm not as good as that guy. And, you know, his truck's worth $40,000 more than mine. So I'm not as good as him. And, and I just think that, we kind of create a um, an echo chamber for ourselves when we, especially Zach, you know, where, where we're from. And I think initially it's that when we're surrounded by a world that places so much value on those things that we get, we become so desperate to have those things that when we get a taste of them, it goes to our head and mm-hmm. I think that's where ego really comes in as a problem, especially with men is like feeling like that, you know, Oh, well, you know, this guy owns his own business. So I need to own two businesses or this guy drives this truck. So I need to buy a better one. Like there's just so many examples of that in our world that um, I think are materialistic forms of ego. So I think like, that's pretty self-explanatory. Like everyone kind of knows the whole keeping up with the Joneses mentality as far as like materialistical, uh, materialistical, add that to the Codgers dictionary, materialistic, um, ego, uh, centered mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, kind of what we're after here is more of a heart, spiritual, mental sort of ego. Cause I mean, we can sit around all day long till we're blue in the face and talk about, uh, materialistic stuff. I mean, you see it everywhere. So I think that's pretty easy for people to identify pretty easy for people to go, Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have, uh, that kind of attitude. So I think, um, let's kind of train, uh, kind of, transfer from that and go more into the, like I said, the heart issue behind ego and sort of the problems that can arise from an unchecked ego. And, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, very blunt on this. Like, honestly, number one, guys, when you don't have a, when you don't check your ego at the door, like, I'm just being honest. It makes you look like a complete ass. Like, it just does. And everyone, like, everyone sees it. And, like, I'm not speaking, like, I'm speaking from experience. I have had multiple, you know, scenarios in my life where 
it was very evident that I thought that I was better than someone or knew more than someone. Or, I mean, there's, I can think of a million examples in my own life, but like, it really does make you look like an a-hole. And I don't think any of us want to appear that way. Uh, especially if, you know, we're trying to grow and be better men. So that's a huge Mm -hmm. problem is it, it just really doesn't reflect well on you. It's, it's very immature. It's very, um, just childish. I mean, there's really no place for it, uh, especially in your relationships with other people. So Zach, I'd love to hear you share your thoughts on, you know, some of the problems that you've seen, um, with ego and other people's lives. And, and, you know, especially, you know, obviously we're going to point the finger back at ourselves too. So would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, this is definitely from personal experience too. Um, you know, if you're going, you can only go so long without your ego getting checked because whether you check it yourself or somebody else checks it for you, uh, it's not going to be pretty if you let it go too long. Yeah. And uh, just a side note real quick on that. mm -hmm. It's going to be a lot more embarrassing when one of your one of your guy friends or whenever one of your wife checks your shit and makes a fool out of you because you're being an egomaniac it's going to be uh-huh. a lot more embarrassing for you when that happens than to just hey when you wake up every morning and you're having that quiet time with the lord or whatever and you're walking out the door or whatever that looks like just check your ego out the door cuz i can promise it from experience, it's extremely embarrassing to be humbled, uh, in that way in front of other people. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. side note, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so part of, uh, having an unchecked ego would be, um, you can become unteachable. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, once you become unteachable, you start to wither and whatever situation that may be in. So like, just personal example, if I were to become unteachable in fly fishing, um, you know, I would start doing terrible at catching fish. Right. Because, you know, there's always uh, wisdom to be received from, you know, the older gentleman who's down the river and, you know, he's calling it a day and, right, you know, he's like, Hey, how are you doing? Like you catching anything today? It's like, no, I'm not really catching anything today, but you know, I'm not going to change anything about what I'm doing. And he goes, right. well, I've been catching them on, you know, a moss green woolly booger or a micro jig or right. whatever the case may be. Um, but if I'm not, or, you know, you're not willing to take that, um, constructive criticism or mm-hmm. advice and you become unteachable, you're going to start sliding down a hill that you probably don't want to be down, yeah. down in. Um, and you know, especially in your job situation, uh, that can cause a lot of problems because if you're not teachable or flexible in that situation, um, and you're letting your ego get in the way of your flexibility or teachability, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're going to, you're going to fail at your job too. And it's going to be pretty evident. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, that could also be, uh, considered being a codger about the situation, not yeah. wanting to be flexible. Yeah, it could. But, uh, 
we're young codgers, so we're learning how to be a little different. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's like a that's a perfect example when you know when you and I went fishing the other day. You know, we're trying. I love the heck out of fly fishing. It's extremely relaxing to me, and and it's a fun sport and hobby to you know to be in. But you know. I don't know the next thing about fly fishing. Like I know enough to go out there and attempt it, but you know, you and I stood there all morning and, you know, I caught a couple of fish just like, Hey, this, you know, I think I started throwing like a, uh, a white woolly bugger. And, you know, just cause I was like, you know, white, like that makes sense. Like they can see it. And I caught like maybe two fish, and then I was like, well, I haven't caught anything in a while, so I'm just going to try something different. And in the meantime, there's four other guys to my left down the river that are just cast after cast, just wrecking them. Just smoking them. Yeah, just literally, I kid you not, every couple cast, like just smoking them. And, you know, Zach and I are over there, you know, trying to figure our way through it, which you know, I think in some cases is acceptable because, you know, you're trying to learn and, and whatever. But, uh, so then I tied on a, uh, El Caricatus and I caught one off of that after a couple casts and then it was, you know, nothing. And so, um, the guys that were closest to us when they were walking out of the river, I just kind of had to swallow my pride. And, you know, even though I looked like I knew what I was doing, I didn't and just had to swallow my pride and go, Hey, you know, y'all are, you know, killing them. What were you catching one? And, you know, and I said, you know, if you don't want to tell me, you don't have to like, I, you know, sorry to ask, but you know, what were you catching them on? And they said they were catching on a midge, which I didn't have. And so I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. Thanks. You know, duly noted for next time. Like in that scenario, there was nothing at that moment I could have done to make that shift because I didn't have a midge to throw. Um, Mm -hmm. But I said, okay, put that in the mental tackle box of, you know, next time I come out here, that might be an option. And then I kind of scooted into where they were fishing. And one of the other guys that was down kind of scooted closer to me and he was wrecking them too. And I thought, oh, well, maybe if I kind of get in that spot where they were catching them, like, you know, I'll catch them too. And I caught a couple, but not one after the other, like this other guy. And so I said, hey, if you don't mind me asking, what are you catching them on? Oh, I'm catching them on a, a moss green micro jig. You get them at Southtown Sporting Goods in Fayetteville. And I can't remember what weight he said it was. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I'm thinking, I'm looking through my flies and I'm like, well, I don't have a micro jig but I've got a moss green woolly bugger. So I'm going to try to throw that. And you mm-hmm. were standing right next to me. I kid you not. First cast caught a fish. Yeah, as soon as you, as soon as you made that transition, you started yeah. catching. Yeah. And I caught, I'd only caught like two fish up until that point. And I caught, I think four more or something like that in that time that I was mm-hmm. standing there. So that even though I didn't have exactly what he was throwing, just that, being vulnerable and being okay to look like you, you know, you want to look like you know what you're doing, but just admitting that like, Hey, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to grow here. So clearly if this guy next to me is smoking them, I need to be doing whatever he's doing and I need to swallow my pride and just ask for help. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And I, so I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I think that was a perfect example of kind of what that looks like. And I mean, I think something that we have to be really careful about as men, especially when it comes to ego is, you know, if your ego is running wild and you think, you know, everything and you're constantly correcting people of, Oh, I saw it was supposed to be a high of, you know, 86 today. Oh no, it's supposed to be closer to 90 and Oh, we're not supposed to get rain this week. Where'd you see that? Like no one likes that guy. No one Mm -hmm. likes the guy that's constantly correcting people. That's constantly, you know, trying to be the one that's right all the time. And so that kind of brings me to my point is like, guys, your ego can get in the way of you forming valuable relationships with other um, really high caliber men. And there's a lot of guys out there who are extremely successful, um, like monetarily, number one, but also in the ways that they're showing up in various aspects of their life. And when your ego goes unchecked and you think you're better than someone or know more than someone, or you don't allow yourself to learn, you remove yourself from the opportunity of being able to excel and grow in life. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, your and I's former boss, Zach is a pretty good example of someone who, you know, if you knew him, you would know what I'm talking about, but like he has a lot of money, but he also, the way that he invests in other people and just the way that he carries himself and the knowledge that he has to offer others is worth way more than any money he'll ever make. And he knows that. And that's the way he lives his life. And so I think that's, you know, another example of someone who, you know, yeah, has a lot of money, but also, the way he shows up is very humble and wants to teach and wants to better other people, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes as far as ego goes, we have the tendency to look down on other people. Um, and mistreat others. So I'd like to kind of hear your thoughts on how you think that can kind of hinder and, you know, be a really toxic way in which we treat other people. Yeah. Um, I think that happens a lot when people can't swallow their pride because they think, Oh, well, I'm not like them in any way, shape or form. So, you know, I shouldn't hang out with them, but Right. You know, we've talked about it before. You don't want to make an echo chamber for yourself. And, you know, you'd be surprised if you just swallowed that pride and kept your ego under control and met some new people. Um, You would be really surprised, like, the the wisdom that you could gain from that. Yeah, and just, Um, like, the perspective shift, too. Yeah just like listening to those, their perspective. Cause you know, they're completely different than you. Right. Um, may not like the same things, you know, it may be difficult to strike up a conversation, but eventually you'll figure something out that you have in common and then you can go from there. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could be overlooking a need that they may have and 
you might be able to meet that. But if you're not able to keep your ego in check, then that's going to really prevent you or hinder you from even seeing the need in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then this kind of goes for yourself as well. Um, If you think of yourself too little and I don't want to get like, I don't want to say you need to think about yourself too much, but you do need to treat yourself with respect and, you know, realize that you deserve, you know, first of all, you got to take care of yourself. Um, you know, when the, when you're in an airplane, they say, put on your mask first, if there's an issue so that you can help others. Right. If you're treating yourself like shit, then, you know, you're gonna, you're not going to be able to be there for other people. So, yeah. Um, kind of the way I look at that, Zach, is I think sometimes when our egos are overinflated is that, and by no means am I saying that we shouldn't have lofty goals for ourselves and try to be excelling. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times, and I speak of this from a personal level too, that our ego often creates a situation within ourselves where if we aren't meeting our own expectations or that, you know, we've set the standards for ourselves so high because of our ego and having to look good to other people. Um, that like really affects our confidence. And I think, uh, something I just kind of like thought of and wanted to add real quick is like being humble and checking your ego and putting your pride aside is no excuse for not being a confident man. Like you Mm -hmm. can be a confident man in the way that you show up in the way that you carry yourself and interact with others and perform the duties and hobbies and things that you have without your ego getting in the way. And I think that's where a lot of men, especially with kind of this like alpha male entrepreneur kind of mentality that our society has told men that they have to have is like that confidence is synonymous with ego. They're like people that have big egos are you know, I'll get it. You know, you're either with me or against me, man, get out of my way or I'm going to run you over. Like being confident and in yourself and your abilities still creates a lot of opportunity for humility. So don't let your ego get in the way of you being confident, but don't get too confident to where your ego gets in the way. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this can also lead to you missing all those opportunities for relationships like we talked about. Um, and then, you know, missing those relationships, you can fail to share the gospel when you might should be sharing. Um, yeah. And it hurts your you witness that. Yeah. You need to have that relationship with people to truly like share with them and, get to know them and kind of tailor that conversation towards them. Yeah. Um, but you know, no, I agree. Um, so let's talk about this word or this, I guess, two words that kind of have become in my opinion, synonymous with ego. Um, mm-hmm. let's talk about imposter syndrome. Like to you, I mean, what does that 
to you, what does that mean? And what does that look like? And like, I just feel like there's a lot of posers nowadays. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about how ego ties into that and um, sort of where that gets in the way of being, you know, showing up as men. Yeah. Um, So like you said, confidence is kind of like the, the antidote to this. Right. Um, Imposter syndrome is basically when you don't feel like you can uh, maintain or achieve what you're supposed to be achieving. So like if you got a job promotion and you're like, well, I'm, not capable of doing this. Right. I have no experience with this. I don't deserve this. I have no reason to be here. Um, and then that that's a negative thought pattern that's going to destroy your confidence. Um, you know, maybe right. your confidence or your ego took a hit in the process of changing jobs, but yeah. um, you know, that doesn't really change who you are. It's just, you know, you have a different job. Yeah. You get so, bucked off and you, and and you dust it off and, and you get back on, you know? Um, yeah. And I just think that's that tendency to like overcompensate that we have as men um, to where, like you said, your ego takes a hit, you know, you leave a bad situation where you weren't excelling. So then now you've told yourself that, you know, you're not good at being in that field or that industry or mm-hmm. um, whatever that looks like. Um I mean, do you have any like personal examples of that or, you know, where you've seen other people kind of fall into that trap? Mm-hmm. So, uh, when I left my last job, it was just, uh, I wasn't really getting what I was told I'd be getting. And so, right. Uh, and not compensation wise, that was pretty clear what that was going to be. I just meant like uh, promotion wise, like where that was leading to. Yeah. Growth um, and, 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 yeah. you know, all that. Yeah. I just didn't see that uh, materializing. And so I made the tough decision to just step away from that position. Yeah. And that, was six months of not having an actual job. Uh, I did side jobs, but uh, that wasn't really paying the bills. So shout out to my wife for paying the bills for those six (laughs) months. Um, But that just kind of put in my mind, like I'm not going to find another job and I'm not going to do good at any job. Right. So whenever I got into what I'm doing now, uh, I just felt like all the time imposter syndrome. Like I don't have the credentials for this. I wasn't trained for this mm-hmm. when in reality I had been doing basically the exact same thing since I was 13. So right, I was fully qualified. I just didn't believe that I was. Um, so I think that happens with a lot of people. They yeah. just don't trust that they are truly qualified. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, something that I think too can be kind of synonymous with that in a, in a way is, you know, imposter syndrome is more of that, like, um, you know, I feel like, I feel like a poser because I'm not qualified to do what I'm doing or whatever. 
But I mm-hmm. think the inverse of that, that's kind of, you know, goes along with that is actually being a poser. And those, I mean, ego is a very, you know, if your ego goes unchecked, it's very easy to um, become a poser because you want to fit in. You like, you want to seem like, you know, what you're talking about. And like, I'm just, I'm going to be honest, I guess, like, I think for me, one of the most like toxic forms of this that I've seen as far as like being a poser and like just being an a-hole and your ego is so inflated and everything is like in the waterfowl hunting realm of things. Like you get it in like whitetail hunting and stuff like that of like, you know, the gear junkies and I have this bow or, oh, I only bow hunt, you know, that kind of thing. But like... Mm -hmm. Waterfowl hunting is just one of those things where there's so much gear involved. There's so much like, um, like there's just so much stuff in it. And for whatever reason, like the social media following of, in my opinion, of waterfowl hunting in particular, like exploded, like overnight, it, it seems like, and you know, you'll have these guys that, and where I really saw it was when I was in college. Um, cause I went to a college where like, it was cool to hunt. It was cool to be a cowboy. And, you know, like you had that side of the posers too, that, you know, they've got the, they got the spurs, but no horse, you know, kind of thing. Um, cause it like at OSU, like they had a huge ag program and there was a lot of like legit cowboys at OSU mm-hmm. and they would get, you know, because it's cool and it's fun. And I mean, I'm going to be honest, those guys are a blast to hang out with and it's fun to go hang out with those guys and watch them, watch them cut, uh, cut steers and calves and have their branding days and like, just watch them do cowboy shit, man. Like that, that's fun. But you had a lot Mm -hmm. of people that fell into that trap of like, well, I'm going to walk the walk and I'm going to talk the talk, but I ain't got no horse. Um, so there's that at OSU, but there's also like given like geographically where OSU is like duck hunting and waterfowl hunting is huge. Um, I grew up waterfowl hunting. So that was like a huge interest of mine. Like when I went over there, I was like, man, I'm going to get to hunt all the time because I'm so much closer to good duck hunting and mm-hmm. started kind of networking with people that I found that had the same interests and stuff. And it got so exhausting. Because you have these guys that they, they're they in the Oklahoma State Ducks Unlimited chapter, collegiate chapter. They're at every meeting, every fundraiser, you know. And they're the ones posting their, you know, pile pics on Instagram of just these like ridiculous hunts where they go out and shoot a seven, eight-man limit of mallards. And it's all green. And they've got you know, the brand new super black Eagle three Benelli, the Sitka waiters, the best trained dog, you know, all of the stuff. And they're just flaunting it on Instagram. And, you know, there'd be guys that would show up on hunts and they had, you know, their dad's hand-me-down waiters from the early two thousands and a Remington eight seventy pump or, you know, the old banged up faded out decoys and like these guys would absolutely shit on them 
like absolutely just degrade them because they didn't have all the cool stuff and they didn't have a dog and they didn't this, that, or the other. And like, that's just so toxic because here's a guy that's like clearly interested in doing it and wanting to get into it and like wanting to find camaraderie in that group of people and you're making their life miserable and you're turning them off to hunting. Like guys, we don't need mm-hmm. any help. And, I, and I'm going to take a little caveat on this as an outdoorsman and a hunter. Like we don't need any help turning people away from hunting. Like the odds are stacked no. against us enough as it is. The last thing we should be doing is making fun of people for that. Now, you know, if the dude's showing up, he knows he doesn't have a plug in his gun or he's being an idiot and he shows up drunk to the duck blind or he's spotlighting deer or something like that. Like that's a different thing. But those people that are truly genuinely um, interested in doing it, don't tear those people down. Don't let your inflated ego and all your nice gear and stuff like that get in the way of you being able to share something that you're passionate about with other people. And to be honest, most of the people that I know that kill the most ducks don't have the brand new shotgun. They don't have a $8,000 dog. They don't like, they don't lease property. Like they're the guys that are running and gunning and working their butts off for it. And Mm -hmm. you know, it's really cool for these guys to post their pile pics on Instagram and stuff. But Dude, I see you and the way you walk around campus and you strut your stuff and hitting on girls. Like, everyone knows you're a poser, man. Like, don't be that guy. And it's okay to have those things if you demand excellence. Guys that do this crap for a living, of course you're going to demand the best of the best gear because that's what you Mm -hmm. do. But if you're the type of person that demands excellence, you're also probably the type of person that wants to educate other people to get to the level that you're at and to share that with them, not tear them down because they're not on the same level as you. So I'll get off my soapbox on that. But I just think (laughs) that that's like a really like something that in my life that I've just really seen that was just super toxic. Um and it just really bugged me. And like, I used to want to hang out with those guys and go on all the hunts and stuff. But like, I just started going me and my roommate. Cause we just didn't want to have to deal with that. Like it just wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't yeah. close yourself off, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's a big difference between being excellent at what you do or being an excellent person at your hobby or your job or whatever the situation is. And then having an ego that's too big for you to hold up because you think you're the best at it. Right. Um, You know, if you're going to excel at your hobby, you know, use that as a way to help others and start those long-term conversations and relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So let's talk about, um, you know, I spent a good bit of time on that. Um, So let's talk about, you know, arguably the most important aspect of this here is, you know, having an unchecked ego creates a lot of problems in a lot of areas of life. But I think with what we're after here and, you know, what we kind of challenge ourselves to, this can create a lot of problems um, in your marriage. 
And, you know, that's your marriage should be the last place that your ego shows up. Your marriage should be somewhere for you and your spouse um, to both feel comfortable and vulnerable and intimate with one another. And so whether it's you or your spouse, like there's just really no place for ego um, in a mm-hmm. marriage. So um, kind of talk about that and, you know, what what that creates and and kind of the the power struggle there that that creates within a marriage. Yeah. I mean, we've hit on it a little bit um, before, like mm-hmm. eventually your wife's probably going to check your ego and that's going to be really embarrassing. Yeah. But uh, like some results of that, not like your ego not being checked, especially in your marriage would be, you're probably just not going to treat your spouse very well. Um, right. They're not going to get the respect that they deserve. Um, and you know, you're not going to be looking for their needs specifically because you're so focused on yourself and your needs, um, and how your spouse can serve you and not how you can serve your spouse. Um, and you know, we've hit on this before coming out of, uh, Oh, becoming a King by Morgan Snyder. But, uh, you know, taking the lowest seat at the table in your marriage relationship specifically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, is really important so that you're, you know, focusing on their needs and mm-hmm. not your own needs. Um, yeah. But yeah. I mean, let's be honest, like when it's been a long day and you're tired and whatever's, you know, gone to hell in a handbasket in your day, like the last thing you want to do is come home and have to cater to someone else's needs. Like Mm -hmm. you want your needs to be catered to. And I think, and I've kind of touched on this. Well, we both have um, in previous episodes that like, if you want your needs catered to start catering to your spouse's needs, because when you're catering to those needs, it's going to make it all the easier for her to want to cater to yours and Mm -hmm. you know from a very visceral standpoint like it shouldn't matter like you and your spouse should be showing up for one another and catering to each other's needs regardless of how you feel because that's when you sign that marriage license and said i do that's what you're signing up for is even if i don't want to or even if they don't flat out even deserve it you need to be catering to their needs and showing up where you've said by saying I do that you've committed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like for me where I'm, you know, consistently humbled is with my wife and I's relationship. Um, you know, especially given some of the things that Casey and I have, have gone through. Um, and I'm not going to go into that on here, but just a lot of uh, turmoil and just really tough situations um, with things that like she needed me to be there for her and to be the leader and be the example as is my job, obviously, but also to like, Hey, like, I don't know how to do this and I need help. And so obviously number one, she should be leaning on the Lord first. That's a given. Uh, But number two, she needed to lean on me as well because she didn't see a way through it. And she needed my, for lack of better words, 30,000 foot view for perspective and 
um, like, hey, man, like, hey, man, <laughs> hey, Logan, how do I, like, I don't know what to do. How do I approach this? And, you know, I'm a very pragmatic and practical person. And so I, you know, me being that type of person did help her through a lot of that. Um, and it is my responsibility as a husband to lead, but, um, I've had to really check myself of knowing because in a season of life, she leaned on me wholeheartedly to be her compass and her guide, um, and needed help making those decisions so desperately that like I got used to like being the final say in those situations because she just didn't know how to handle it. Well, now that she's grown so much in her walk and her life and her faith and everything, like she's fully capable of making those decisions for herself and having that analytical point of view to know that like when these problems arise, like, Hey, we've talked about this and we've worked through this and now I have the skills that I need to handle this. And I just need you to trust me that I'm going to do it. And so knowing to admit when I'm wrong and apologizing and trusting that she has grown and learned in her life, instead of constantly feeling like I have to be the one giving the advice or I always have to be right, you know, like that's something that I've really had to work on in my marriage of just, yes, I'm supposed to be the leader and it is my responsibility to do that. Um, but hopefully I'm leading in a manner and being an example in my marriage to where my wife just knows how to handle that because of the way that I've led and the way that she's taken initiative in her role in the marriage, you know, like we just mm -hmm. gotta, it's hard, you know, being the man, but like sometimes we just gotta trust it and just say, you know yeah. what? I'm just gonna trust that you know the way through this. And like, obviously, there's caveats to that, guys. Like, I, I'm aware of that, but like nine times out of 10, watch the way your wife changes the way she interacts with you when you trust her to be able to, to navigate those things. So. Yeah. And you know, once we can set those, set our own egos aside, a marriage is a great place for, uh, new perspectives and yeah. solving problems together instead of having to do it alone. Yeah. But, and that's, uh, that's something too, that like yeah. <laughs> my wife has perspectives to offer me too, not just me. Um, mm -hmm. and that's something where I really had to be humbled. So, so yeah, we've so. talked a lot about that. Um, what are some, you know, real quick, just some ways, uh, and we've touched on them briefly, but what are some ways that we can combat the ego or, or keep the ego in check, you know, every day as we're going about our lives? Yeah. Uh, one of the most practical ways is just to admit when you're wrong, um, mm -hmm. or if you made a mistake like in work or whatever, um, you know, just admitting that and asking for forgiveness if needed, um, you know, that helps you keep your ego in check because you realize that I'm a human, I'm going to fail at some point, but at the same time, it shouldn't make you feel stupid or incapable. Just admit it, admit that it was a problem, learn from it and move forward and, you know, fix it if you can or move past it if you can't. Yeah, that's, I think that's really good. Um, you know, we won't, won't beat that horse too dead, but I just think, um, you know, humility is just so big in, 
and keeping that ego in check and you know despite how much i think i know everything i i don't and Mm -hmm. you know there's been a lot of areas especially lately in my life where i've gone you know i thought i had this life thing pretty figured out and you know given where i was you know two years ago I feel, man, like I'm so much better off than I was a couple of years ago. Like, man, I'm, I'm getting this life thing figured out, you know, whatever, you know, complacency is, is the killer of, of success and excellence. And so, you know, just trying not to be complacent in that and constantly making sure that we're, we're checking that ego. So, um, and I think something that you and I've talked about before is just, um, just having an accountability partner, um, you know, obviously when you're married, you have a built in accountability partner, uh, in your wife. Um, but also mm-hmm. along the theme of what we preach and, and what we talk about, uh, on this podcast is, is having that circle of brothers around you. And I mean, dude, <laughs> I can tell you from uh, experience, if somebody's ego is getting too big or they're, talking out their rear and they don't know what they're talking about, but they're trying to, to, you know, pose, uh, we're all pretty quick to line you out on it. Um, (laughs) so, so, uh, that's just, I think with every aspect of life, it's important to have an, an accountability partner, but, um, especially, uh, with ego because an ego gone unchecked can, can really have a ripple effect in the way that you show up in a lot of areas. So, um, yeah. Um, also, you know, when you admit your mistakes, it's a good way to maintain your integrity. Yeah. That's open about it and not, you know, not getting called out that you made a mistake, but being the first one to be like, Hey, I made a mistake. This is how I'm going to fix it. Um, you know, that just maintains like this dude has integrity. Like if he finds a problem with something he did, he's going to fix it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why that's sorry. Go ahead. That's integrity is probably going to be the topic of another podcast, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why we didn't hit on that sooner. I think, but I think it's a great, you know, kind of can, you know, closing point as well of like, you know, checking your ego and, and integrity goes hand in hand. Like, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of areas, like you said, we'll have an episode on this soon, but like, there's a lot of areas that pour into integrity, but like, man, at the end of the day, like part of being a good man and showing up is being a, in like having integrity and being a credible person. Like when your ego gets yeah. in the way and you do something dumb and you don't fess up to it or you try to bullshit your way through it or tell a wife or cover it up. Like that just hurts your credibility. Cause it's gonna, someone's going to mm-hmm. find it out. At some, here's the thing, dude, like, uh, I could, because of my knowledge of archery, I could sit and talk shop with someone about archery all day long. And I could make up some story about how, you know, man, at the range the other day, I was just, you know, I was shooting them, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then if I, but if I suck at archery and I'm telling everybody I'm so good at archery, eventually someone's going to go, yeah, let's go shoot, man. Like, yeah, that'd be fun. And you're either going to go shoot and get embarrassed 
because you were telling people that you could do something that you couldn't do. And that's going to hurt your credibility and your integrity. Or you're just going to blow them off. And because you're so afraid of them finding out that uh, you're not good at shooting a bow, they're going to quit asking you to go shoot. And it's going to be very obvious to them that if you say you're as passionate as you are about archery, yet every time I ask you to go do it, you don't want to go, then there might be more than meets the eye there. And, and yeah. like, that's just a very practical example of that. Um, uh, or a very like surface level. I mean, there's a lot of deep scenarios that could go into that, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's a really good point of just your credibility and your integrity, um, with regards to, you know, making sure that that ego's aligned with, with your, the way you carry yourself. Um, so kind of in closing, like, you know, we've talked a lot about us and how we can, you know, keep our egos in check and, and, you know, where that kind of rears its ugly head. Mm-hmm. What about, what about other people that we know that are struggling with an inflated ego? How do, you know, how do we as godly men and men that are trying to excel and just be, you know, capable and powerful men, how do we deal with maybe a brother in our group or, um, I'm not really going to go into the work scenario here because, you know, some of y'all might have those close, uh, work relationships, but I think this is more centered around, um, our group of guys, um, and people within our, you know, close circle. So what do you think is kind of like the, and, you know, there's really no bandaid fix here, but you know, what are some practical ways to either help or deal with, um, other guys in our life that are struggling with that. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about not being complacent a lot. And so I'm not just going to say, Oh, we'll just ignore them and it'll, the problem will go away. Right. You know, I don't think that's the case. I think there are some circumstances where you have to leave the situation completely, but right. I mean, the first reaction probably shouldn't be to just ignore it. Um, yeah, because generally a problem ignored is going to be a bigger problem in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask anyone who's driven an O2 Silverado with wheel bearing squeaking <laughs> going on, and yeah. you'll find out real quick that's going to be a big problem. Yeah, but uh, especially in Chevys, minimum yeah. minimal problems have a way of exacerbating themselves. Uh huh. But uh, you know, this is this comes from Matthew eighteen, uh, verse fifteen through seventeen. But, you know, go to them just one-on-one and try to just let them know, like, hey, I don't think this is how you should be holding yourself. Right. Um, And in most cases, they're probably going to be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, You know, I apologize for that. Um, But if they don't change that action, then you may have to get like more members of your group involved and be like, Hey, we're all seeing this problem and we need to combat this and right. try to solve this together. Cause that's what these groups are for. Um, absolutely like accountability and, you know, just constantly pushing to be more, uh, excellent at being a man. So, yeah, I think, it's uh, like, guys, this is really uh, a tough thing to, you know, we can sit 
and try to identify it in ourselves um, and in others as well. But like, this is just a really difficult thing because a lot of times uh, in ourselves and especially with other people, um, ego is most of the time, if not all the time, the direct result of some sort of insecurity or wound. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, John Eldridge talks about that in Wild at Heart, you know, the father wound um, that creates a lot of insecurities, which then transition into um, ego issues. Um, So like this isn't easy. Like this is a really, uh, especially um, if you know someone that's really struggling with this, like it can be a very delicate and tough situation to approach. Um, Hopefully this person isn't so um, caught up in themselves that when you go have that conversation with them, um, hopefully they're able to go, yeah, man, you're right. Like I, you know, hopefully that person respects you enough and you respect them enough to where, um, you know, if they bring that to your attention that you can kind of like snap back to reality and, and get back on, on the right course. But, you know, especially with something like ego, like it's very likely too that, you know, if their ego is so inflated, you know, that it's such a problem, like they could very well just call you an a-hole and write you off and say, Hey dude, you don't know what the heck you're talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. who are you to tell me that I have a problem with my ego? Like I can't, you know, the, the fact that you have the audacity to tell me that I have a problem with my ego just shows, you know, how stuck up you are. You know, you think you're better than me, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's, that's, I think probably 50% of the time how it is, if not 75% of the time how it is. Um, but hopefully you're not surrounding yourself with people like that. I think if you're surrounding yourself with the right type of people, um, hopefully your circle of counsel of guys can address it before it gets to that problem. Um, Mm -hmm. but I do think too, um, and you've mentioned this before of like not feeding other people's egos. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit here, but like, uh, you know, celebrate with your friends and your family and, uh, church, small groups and stuff like that. Like that's very important to celebrate in those successes with those people to know that like, like, Hey man, I've got your back. And like, I'm genuinely happy for you that this worked out the way that it did. Like, that's very important, but kind of like what you said of like, don't let that feed into an ego that remains unchecked. Um, Mm -hmm. or if, or if, you know, maybe if you know, that person sort of has a tendency to maybe, um, you know, get an unchecked ego pretty quick of maybe being careful about how you approach those situations instead of like, you know, just putting them up on your shoulders and, and parading them around town. Maybe just go, Hey man, like I'm really happy for you. You know, that still shows sincerity and that like you're thinking Mm -hmm. about them, but you know, I think there's a lot of people that like, you know, that, want you to blast them all over social media and pat them on the back in front of everybody. And, you know, if those people are humble, by all means, go for it. Like, that's great. But I think you kind of have to know who you're working with too and kind of have that wherewithal to know 
um, to know what that looks like. So, uh, yeah. do you have any other, uh, any other thoughts on that? No, I think we pretty much covered it. All right, man. Well, like we said, guys, this is uh, something that obviously, um, you know, feeds directly into the mission that we've set out to do. Um, and I think that, you know, like Zach said, a, a problem, whether that's with ourselves or, or with someone else, a problem ignored always tends to, uh, to amplify itself. So uh, as you guys go throughout the rest of your week, make sure that you're, you know, checking that ego at the door. Um, showing up the way that you're, you need to, and, uh, you know, keep that confidence up. Don't trade confidence for ego or ego for confidence. Like be confident, um, say it with your chest for lack of better words and, uh, keep hammering. Um, but yeah, I think this is a really fantastic episode. Um, I loved every minute of it. Uh, it's very humbling, especially, um, to talk about and, uh, apply to uh, our own lives so yeah, with that said guys um thanks for uh thanks for listening all the way through if you made it to this point and uh like we said uh earlier in the podcast make sure you uh follow us on instagram at young codgers podcast to stay up to date with uh everything going on and uh unless you have anything else zach we'll uh we'll let y'all go all right let's let him go all right guys thanks we'll see you on the next one